We're going to be learning in Chidushi Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, the third piece in Hilchos Trumos. This is on the Rambam Perak Aleph Halacha Chaf Beis. It's the first piece on that Halacha. And Rab Chaim has a short but very nice piece where he differentiates between the obligation to give Trumos and Maestros, the gift to the Kohen and the Levi, in Surya versus other places in Chutz Laaretz, which were right next to Eretz Yisrael. So practically, the difference between Surya and the rest of Chutz Laaretz is that even though Surya, which is probably roughly the Syria region, somewhere around there, even though it was originally not included in the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael, but it was later on captured by the Jewish people, David HaMelech captured it. So that gave it an intermediate status. It wasn't fully part of Eretz Yisrael, but it also wasn't fully Chutz Laaretz. It was somewhere in the middle. It was called Kibush Yachid. It was conquered by an individual king, meaning David HaMelech. So Reb Chaim's going to develop a very fundamental and key distinction between produce which is grown in Surya in this intermediate state versus produce which is grown in Chutz Laaretz proper, which is totally not part of Eretz Yisrael at all. The Rambam writes, Peres Eretz Yisrael, Shiyotzu Chutz Laaretz, if someone takes out fruit from Eretz Yisrael outside to Chutz Laaretz, Ptur mina chalo, mina trumos, mina maestro, so you do not have to take off chala or truma or maiser. So it becomes exempt from giving the gifts to the Kohen. So the Ravid disagrees and he says that there's a machlokas Rebbe Eliezer and Rebbe Akiva at the beginning of the second chapter of Mishnayos Chala about this exact case. If you take fruit from Eretz Yisrael outside to Chutzlar, it's whether you have to give the gifts of Trumos and Maestros. But says the Ravid, the whole machlokas is only Bechiyuv Torah Ubeptur Torah, is only on a Doraisa level do you have to give Trumos and Maestros mide oraisa? But everyone's going to agree that they are still chayiv in Trumos and Maestros banan. So even Rabbi Akiva, who holds you don't have to give Trumos and Maestros, holds that practically you do have to give Trumos and Maestros banan, even if they were finished in Chutzlar. So you took them out uncompleted, and then you finished the process in Chutzlar, still you have to take off Trumos and Maestros Midra Banan. And the Ravid has two very straightforward arguments for this. First of all, Mishum Moab. They're no worse than fruit which grows in Chutzlar, it's proper. So in any of these other countries, Shinar, Mitzrayim, Amonu, Moab, if you grow fruits, then even though Midoraisa, you don't have to take off Trumos and Maestros, Midorabonon you do. So the fruit which grew in Eretz Yisrael and was then transported to Chutzla Eretz is no worse than produce that originally grew in Shinar. So you should have to take off Trumos and Maestros, at least Midorabonon. The ode, the second reason is, We don't want people to get confused and to think that you could eat produce of Eretz Yisrael when they're tevel without taking off trumos um maestros. So in order to avoid that confusion, it seems reasonable that the Rabbanon would have said you have to take off trumos um maestros even if the fruits of Eretz Yisrael are currently in chutzla Eretz so no one will get confused about you eating fruits without taking off trumos and maestros. So that's the Ravid's argument against the Rambam. So practically, there's a machlokas between the Rambam and the Ravid. If someone transports fruits from Eretz Yisrael outside to Chutzla Eretz, do they need to take off trumos and maestros? According to the Rambam, they don't. And according to the Ravid, they do Midra Banan. 
Now, Reb Chaim is going to focus on the Ravid's critique and understanding his approach. Even though Reb Chaim is usually focused on the Rambam's position, this piece is a little different in that he focuses primarily on the Ravid, and then at the end he circles back to the Rambam. So Reb Chaim says that if we think about the Ravid's critique, it's unclear what he's trying to say. What is the relevance of the fact that the rabbis said you have to take Truma and Meiser from produce of Chutzla Aretz, what does that have to do with produce which originated in Eretz Yisrael and is now taken out to Chutzla Arts? So if we're going to explain it, and this seems to be the obvious reading of this, that the Ravid is trying to say that produce which originated in Eretz Yisrael can never be less on a lower level of obligation than produce which originated in Chutzla Arts. So if the rabbis obligated the produce which was grown in Shinar, which is Bavel area, like modern day Iraq, or in Mitzrayim, Egypt, or these other places which are totally Chutzla Arts, so if the rabbis obligated that produce, then certainly produce which originated in Eretz Yisrael and was then transported outside of Eretz Yisrael should be obligated Midra Banan in Trumos and Maestros. But if that's the basis for the Ravid's approach, says Rab Chaim, why didn't he bring in Surya also as another example of this? Because Surya is in the same category as the rest of these places in that Mida Oraisa, it is not obligated in Trumos and Maestros. There is no sanctity on a Torah level. But the rabbis instituted that the produce of Surya should have to give Trumos and Maestros. So the Ravid could have made the exact same point, that it's impossible that produce which grew in Eretz Yisrael should be on a lower level than produce which grew in Surya. And if Surya produce has to give Trumos and Maestros Midra Banan, then the produce of Eretz Yisrael, even if it's transported outside, should have to give Trumos and Maestros Midra Banan. So why didn't the Ravid include Surya? So presumably the answer to that is that there's a difference between Surya, where the rabbis very openly and explicitly said that you have to take Trumos and Maestros from the produce grown in Surya, but produce grown in Eretz Yisrael and then transported outside, they never indicated that they are changing the rules and saying you have to take Trumos and Maestros. According to Rabbi Akiva, the Torah teaches that you do not have to take Trumos and Maestros in that case, and the rabbis never changed it. So if that's the case with regard to Surya, why doesn't the same hold true for Shinar and Mitzrayim and these places which are very clearly completely chutzla aretz? Why can't we say that the rabbis made a decree on that produce, but they did not make a decree on produce which originated in Eretz Yisrael and was transported outside. So why is the Ravid distinguishing implicitly between Surya versus Shinar that we cannot derive from Surya that produce which originated in Eretz Yisrael and was then transported outside has to take Trumos and Maestros Midra Banan, but we can derive that from Shinar. What's the difference here? So Reb Chaim introduces a very important conceptual distinction between how the rabbis decreed Trumos and Maestros on the produce in Surya versus in Shinar. In Surya, because it had this intermediate status, the decree of the rabbis was that Surya should be considered part of Eretz Yisrael with regard to the gifts to the Kohen and the Levi. So therefore, it's going to be obligated in Trumos and Maestros, Midra Banan, as part of the halachas of Eretz Yisrael. So the decree in Surya was 
that it is part of Eretz Yisrael Midrabanan with regard to Trumos and Maestros. But in the other places around Eretz Yisrael where they decreed Trumos and Maestros, even though they were full Chutzla Eretz places, Lo Osum Keretz Yisrael, they did not make them part of Eretz Yisrael Midrabanan. The Ein Betakonas Chiyuvah Mitrumos and Maestros Shum Din Eretz Yisrael, and the basis for their Trumos and Maestros is not because they're part of Eretz Yisrael. But rather, the rabbi said, even though it is totally and the produce is produce of but it's still obligated in Trumos and Maestros. So the rabbis artificially obligated the produce of those countries in Trumos and Maestros, even though they're totally not part of Eretz Yisrael, not Midoraisa, and not even Midrabana. So there's two different formulations going on. When it comes to Surya, the rabbis are expanding Eretz Yisrael on a Drabanan level, and they're including that region in the laws of Eretz Yisrael, and that's the basis for why you have to take Trumus and Maestros Midrabanan. But when it comes to Shinar, the rabbis are not changing the status of Shinar to be part of Eretz Yisrael at all. They're leaving it as total chutzlaaretz, and yet they're saying that produce which grew in that region of chutzlaaretz is still obligated in Trumos and Maisos, despite it still having the full status of produce of chutzlaaretz. Still the rabbis obligated it in Trumos and Maisos. So this is a totally new idea that the rabbis can introduce Trumos and Maisos on produce, which is chutzlaaretz produce. To put this whole uh, distinction in other terms, in Surya, the rabbis changed the status of the land and they sanctified it Midrabanan with regard to Trumos and Maestros. So any produce which grows there is going to have those halachas because it came from that land. But in Shinar, they never changed the land. Rather, they said that the produce which grows there, even though it does not have the status of growing in sanctified land, but still you have to take Trumos and Maestros from it. So this introduces a new concept that produce, which has no special status, could still be obligated in Trumos and Maestros. Now, based on this conceptual approach, says Rab Chaim, we could explain the Ravid's whole critique of the Rambam. The Ravid holds that the entire halacha, that transporting produce from a place where Trumos and Maestros are obligatory to a place where it's exempt, now exempts that produce from Trumos and Maestros, that can only apply if the basis of the obligation of Trumos and Maestros for this produce was based on where it grew. So it grew in sanctified land, that's why it was obligated in Trumus and Maestros, so now if you remove it from that land, it's exempt. But when you're dealing with produce which never depended on the land, let's say the produce of Shinar, which is obligated artificially even though it never grew in sanctified land, so what does it matter if you transport it from a place of obligation to a place of exemption, either way, the fruit itself is obligated in the Trumos and Maestros, regardless of the land. So according to the Ravid, it would make no sense to apply the law that if you remove produce from where it grew in a place of obligation to a place of exemption, that halacha would have no bearing on produce that grew in Shinar or Mitzrayim or these places. So for example, let's say you take produce which grew in Iraq 
and you transport it to America, which is far from Eretz Yisrael, so there's no obligation, even Midra Bonan, to take Trumos and Maestros, but you would still have to take Trumos and Maestros from that produce because the obligation never depended on where it grew. It was inherent to the produce itself. So it doesn't change no matter where you take it in the world. So that is exactly what the Ravid means to critique the Rambam. He's saying that since this halacha of transporting produce to a place of exemption does not apply to produce which grew in Shinar, so when someone takes produce from Eretz Yisrael outside to Chutzla Eretz, even though the produce is now exempt from the obligation to take Trumos and Maestros because it grew in Eretz Yisrael, because at this point it's no longer in Eretz Yisrael, so that obligation is removed, but there's at least still the same obligation that the rabbis instituted on the produce of Shinar. Why should it be worse than produce of Shinar, which grew in the surrounding countries of Eretz Yisrael, which no matter where you take it, the rabbi's decree of taking Trumos and Maestros from this produce still remains. So why shouldn't that at least also apply to the produce of Eretz Yisrael, that wherever it goes, it has at least the same status as the decree of the rabbis on the produce of Shinar. So that's the basis for the Ravid's disagreement with the Rambam, that there should be a rabbinic obligation to take Trumos and Maestros from produce of Eretz Yisrael, which is taken outside to Chutz Arts, Because we do find a case of produce of Shinar, which wherever it goes in the world is still obligated Midra Bonan and Trumos and Maestros, so that should at least also apply to the produce of Eretz Yisrael. And that's why he doesn't bring the proof from the produce of Surya, because Surya is the same questionable status as Eretz Yisrael in that the land was sanctified Midra Bonan. So we don't have a proof from the produce of Surya, that wherever it goes in the world it's obligated, that is specifically from the produce of Shinar and Mitzrayim and Ammon and Moab. So now that we understand the Ravid's critique, so Reb Chaim circles back to the Rambam's position. In the Rambam it's clear that he holds that produce which goes from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzla Aretz is totally exempt from Trumus and Maestros, even Midra Banan, because in the case where it goes from Eretz Yisrael to Surya, the Rambam says it is obligated Midra Banan. But when it goes from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzla Aretz proper, then he just says that it's totally exempt. So it sounds like it's totally exempt, even Midra Banan. So what part of the Ravid's approach does the Rambam disagree with? So Rab Chaim offers a total rereading of the Rambam, and he says that the Rambam doesn't actually hold that produce, which goes from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlar, it's totally exempt. Rather, what the Rambam means to say is that there's a fundamental difference in the halachas of produce of Eretz Yisrael, even if it's only Chayiv in Truma and Maeser Midra Banan, versus produce of chutzla arts. It functions differently. And some examples are tevel of chutzla arts. So produce of chutzla arts that you haven't taken trumas and maestros from, you could snack on, and then eventually you'll take the truma and maestro after that. But that's not possible when it comes to produce of Eretz Yisrael. You can't snack on it before you take off the truma and maestro. And also when it comes to the actual truma itself, there's some differences. So the truma of chutzla arts produce you can make it tame impure, and someone who's impure on a lower level that they touch 
touched something impure, they can eat from it even while they're impure. And it's also nullified in a majority, all of which is different than truma, which is taken from Eretz Yisrael produce. And the Gemara in Bechorot and Dafchav Zayin goes through this. So says Rab Chaim, that's what the Rambam means to say. That when someone takes produce from Eretz Yisrael out to Surya, then they are obligated midrabanan, but with the status of produce of Eretz Yisrael, meaning it retains the stringencies of produce of Eretz Yisrael, even though the obligation of Truma and Meiser at that point is midrabanan. But what the Rambam is differentiating is that when someone takes the produce of Eretz Yisrael outside to Chutzla Eretz proper, then it is Midrabanan obligated in Truma and Meiser, but it functions with the status of Truma of Chutzla Art. So it has all of these leniencies. So according to this reading, the Rambam is not fundamentally disagreeing with the Ravid's approach, which as Rab Chaim explained is a very sensible approach, and the Rambam too agrees with that that the produce of Eretz Yisrael, wherever it goes in the world, is still obligated in Truma and Meiser. What the Rambam is saying, though, is that it has the status of Truma, which was taken from Chutzla Eretz produce, as opposed to the status of Truma from Eretz Yisrael produce. And in that way, Chutzla Eretz proper differs from Surya, because when someone takes produce of Eretz Yisrael to Surya, the obligation is still drabanan, but it has the status of Eretz Yisrael produce. So the Rambam is saying a much more limited halacha. He's not disagreeing broadly with the Ravid. And Rab Chaim concludes that there's some textual support for his reading because the Rambam in this halacha explicitly says that if you take produce from Eretz Yisrael to Surya, then it's obligated in Trumusu Maestros Midrabanan. But he does not make the same comment with regard to Shinar and Mitzrayim and the places next to Eretz Yisrael, which also had an elevated status in that the produce there was also obligated in Shumas and Maestros. But the Rambam does not say that if you transport produce from Eretz Yisrael to Shinar, then it's obligated Midrabanan. So the reason Rab Chaim says is because the Rambam also holds of the Ravid's very fundamental distinction between Surya and Shinar, that in Surya the obligation of Trumas and Maestros Midrabanan extended from the sanctity of the land, whereas in Shinar it was just artificially on the produce, nothing to do with the land. So that's why the Rambam holds with regard to these halachas, the status of Shinar is irrelevant, even though when it comes to Trumos and Maestros, practically Shinar was more elevated than the rest of Chutzla Aretz, far places from Eretz Yisrael, like America. But that has nothing to do with this specialized halacha of when you transport produce from Eretz Yisrael outside. With regard to that, Shinar is irrelevant in the same way that if you take produce from Shinar to America, it would still be obligated in the same way in Trumos and Maestros. So that's why the Rambam holds that with regard to this halacha, only Surya is an exception, that it's still obligated Midrabanan, as Rab Chaim explained, that it has the status of Eretz Yisrael produce. But Shinar is not an exception in the sense that even though it's still Chayiv and Shumus and Maestros Midrabanan, any produce that you transport from Eretz Yisrael to Shinar, but it has the status of Chutzlar, it's Truma at that point. So that's Rab Chaim's read of the Rambam. But Rab Chaim concludes by noting that his whole analysis 
goes against the Kesef Mishnah and the Radvaz, two of the most important commentators on the Rambam. And they both explain the Rambam differently. So the Kesef Mishnah explains that the reason why the Rambam holds that produce of Eretz Yisrael, which is taken outside to Chutzlarz, is no longer obligated in Trumos and Maestros, and it is worse than produce which grew in Shinar, is because it's unusual to transport produce from Eretz Yisrael outside back in the day. So the rabbis never made a decree as opposed to growing produce in Shinar, which obviously happened all the time, so there they made a decree. In general, the rabbis only make decrees on things which happen very often. And the Radvaz says similarly that we don't just make up rabbinic decrees on our own. So both the Kesef Mishnah and the Radvaz are reading the Rambam as saying that produce which goes from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzla Eretz is totally exempt from Trumusu Maestros in every way. It's not obligated at all Midra Banan. And according to that, Rabbi Chaim points out, they would also seemingly have to hold that produce of Shinar, which is taken elsewhere to a place which is totally exempt from Trumas and Maestros, like America. So that produce would also be totally exempt at that point. And that's why, since they hold, there's a halacha that a produce which goes from a place of obligation to a place where it's exempt, that produce is now totally exempt. So that's why they apply it to produce of Eretz Yisrael, which goes out of Chutz La'aretz. So there is this debate as to how to understand the Rambam between Rab Chaim and the earlier commentators. So that's Rab Chaim's piece. The key conceptual distinction is between Surya and Shinar. And Rab Chaim explains that even though both of those places, the rabbis obligated the produce in Truma and Meiser, but in Surya, they sanctified the land, and that's why the produce is obligated in Trumas and Maestros. But in Shinar, they said, despite the fact that the produce grew in non-sanctified Chutzlar, its land, it's still obligated in Trumas and Maestros. And practically, that leads to a debate as to how to read the Rambam. There's a seeming debate between the Rambam and the Ravid about whether produce of Eretz Yisrael, which is taken outside to Chutzla Eretz, is obligated in Shemus and Maestros Midra Banan. The Rambam holds no, and the Ravid holds yes. That's how the Kesef Mishnah reads it. But based on his conceptual approach, Rab Chaim says that the Rambam also basically agrees with the Ravid. He's just amending it and saying that the Truma in that case has a lower status than Truma, which was done in Eretz Yisrael. And there's this side debate, which is very interesting, about whether produce grown in Shinar, which is then transported elsewhere in Chutzlar, it's like to America, would that be obligated in Truma and Meister Midra Banan? According to the Kesef Mishnah, no, but according to Rab Chaim's conceptual idea, then it should still retain its obligation, Midra Banan. Now there's a very nice addendum to this piece, from Chidushe Hagrach Al Hashas, which is the stencil Reb Chaim on the Gemara. This is in Baba Basra, Daf Pei Aleph, Amad Aleph. This is notes that his students took of Reb Chaim's ideas, so it's not his own writing the way Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim Halevi is, but still they record a very nice additional idea that Reb Chaim said based on this idea. The Rambam in Hilchus Bikurim, Perek Beis Halacha Aleph, writes that the mitzvah of Bikurim applies only in Eretz Yisrael and in places right around Eretz Yisrael, in Sichon, Og, and Surya. But it does not apply in Ammon and Moab and Bavel, 
even though they're obligated in Shemus and Maestros Midrabanan, but you don't bring Bikurim. So Rab Chaim wants to understand why is there a difference that in Shinar and Mitzrayim and Ammon and Moab, you do have to take Truma and Maestro Midrabanan, but you do not have to bring Bikurim Midrabanan. So he develops a very important idea there, which is that Bikurim is not one of the mitzvos hatluyos ba'aretz. There are mitzvahs which depend on the land of Eretz Yisrael, like Truma and Meiser is a mitzvah which can only be done in the land of Eretz Yisrael, as opposed to, let's say, tefillin or sukkah, which is not dependent on land in any way, so you can do it anywhere in the world. So Bikurim on the surface seems like it's a mitzvah tluya ba'aretz because it has to do with the first fruits which grow in the land. So you would think that the reason it can only be done in Eretz Yisrael is based on the overall general principle of mitzvah atluyos ba'aretz that it depends on the sanctity of the land of Israel. But Rab Chaim says that it's not so. Bikurim is not a mitzvah hatluya ba'aretz in the way truma and meiser is, but rather we derive it from a separate concept. The Torah says, artzicha, only fruit which grows in your land is obligated in bikurim. But if it grew outside of your land in chutzla aretz, so then there is no object of bikurim for you to bring. That fruit is not considered bikurim because it doesn't have the qualification of artzicha. So there's two different reasons for bikurim and truma and meiser why it has to be from land in Eretz Yisrael. Truma and meiser is the general rule. It has to come from the sanctified land of Eretz Yisrael, whereas bikurim is a new concept in halacha that only fruits which grow in Eretz Yisrael meet the criteria of artzicha that they have to grow in your land. So based on this, says Rav Chaim, now we can explain the difference between trumos and meiseros and Bikurim from Shinar and Mitzrayim and Ammon and Moab. Because as Rab Chaim explained in this piece in Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim HaLevi, there's a difference between Surya, where the rabbis said that the land is now sanctified for Trumas and Maisros, and that would translate also to Bikurim. We can consider Surya Artsicha because the land has the status of Eretz Yisrael, Midra Banan. So that's why the Rambam says when it comes to Surya, it's obligated in Trumas and Maisros and Bikurim. But when it comes to Shinar, so as Rab Chaim said, they never sanctified the land. They just said that you have to bring Trumas and Maisros on the produce of chutzlaretz that grows there. So that can only be when it comes to trumos and maestros, which are mitzvos atluyos barats. They generally depend on being done in Eretz Yisrael. So the rabbis made a new decree that produce which grows in Shinar has to be given trumos and maestros from. But that does not translate to Bikurim, where you need Artsicha, and so long as the land hasn't been sanctified, you cannot bring Bikurim from these fruits because they don't meet the criteria of Artsicha. So that's why the Rambam says that the rabbinic obligation to take Trumas and Maestros from Shinar and Mitzrayim and Amun and Moab does not translate to Bikurim, because it doesn't create the necessary qualification of Artsicha, 
and therefore it's like regular chutzla aretz where there is no object of bikurim. So that's a very nice distinction with regard to bikurim in Surya versus Shinar, which Rab Chaim bases on the idea that he developed in this piece of the difference between Surya and Shinar when it comes to the sanctity of the land, Midra Banan, and he adds to it also this difference between Bikurim and Trumos, that Trumos and Maestros are Mitzvah Atliyos Ba'aretz, whereas Bikurim depends on something else, and based on that he explains the Rambam's distinction between Shinar with regard to Trumos and Maestros and Bikurim.